the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. I am welcoming welcoming you into the new year. Uh, I will be doing the show today by myself. Uh, Brian is home with a cold. It's not severe. It's mild, but he just didn't feel up to coming today into the studio. And so we're going to pray today also. Um, right before I came, I got a text from my very dear friend. Her name is Gail Harrison, and she and her husband are in the ER at this very moment being treated for heart issues. And so um, there's so much sickness and illness going around right now. It just seems a little bit overwhelming. And I'm going to ask my listeners, my radio audience, to pray with us today. My guest today is Sean Fredrickson. He's a man of faith. He's going to pray with us. And we're just going to ask the Lord to be with all those that are that are suffering right now with illness and especially Dave and Gail Harrison. So I'm just going to start. Dear Lord. We ask your protection on Dave and Gail. Please get him the right treatments for his heart ailment right now. He, If it is a heart attack, please heal him of that. Everyone needs him, Lord. Gail needs him. We need him as a friend. His daughters need him. His sons-in-law need him. His grandchildren need him. All the people in his ministry up in Northern California and around the world, he has different members of his ministry that he works with. Everyone is looking to him, and we need him in in so many ways. His, his daughter is close to our daughter, and there are so many people looking to him. He's a man of faith. Please, Lord, be with their family, and especially with Dave. Heal his heart. Whatever is going wrong, please, you are the great physician. You are the great healer of everything. You make all things right. You make all things new. And we just put this in your hands, Lord. Please bless bless Brian that he will get healed from this cold. We need him as well. Don't let anything interfere with his work and restore his health. And we just pray for all the people who are are having illness and, and, and suffering. Um, you can bring something good out of it, Lord. We know that so many people are struggling with the sudden deaths that are happening, and it's becoming more well-known. And there's vaccine injuries, and there's developments of myocarditis, and up, up, uh, increased rates of cancer, and all kinds of things going on, Lord. So we, we just ask for your healing hand. We ask for intervention and comfort for those in in the situation and sean would you like to add to that 
Oh, it's just a, it's a beautiful prayer. I I just agree. I come in agreement with those words. There's in scripture I was reading this morning in John chapter nine, where the man was born blind, and the, the disciples came to him and they asked uh, Jesus, like, is this is this man who has sinned? Is it this man or his, his parents? And Jesus' response was, and none of them sinned, but this is an opportunity for the Lord to 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 be tested, like a testimony of the Lord. And that's when Jesus created the mud with his spit and put the mud into the eyes of the blind man. And then it was through that that moment that the blind man's life was transformed, not just physically, but also spiritually, when that blind man later on testified that he believed in Jesus. And I believe that all bad things, all things that are hard for us to comprehend, that all things are able to be used for the glory of Jesus Christ, that we will one day testify that it's through the hardship that we encounter Jesus. And so I pray that over these circumstances right now, over uh, our, our county and over our state and over this country and over our friends and community, that through this sickness that, that we will encounter Jesus, that there will be yes. miracles that we can only testify of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And I want to testify right now that I know I have been healed. I have been rescued. I have been saved from so many close encounters with death and with with pain. And and yes, it was Jesus. And I know that for, for a true fact that I cannot deny. And I want to testify that right now I was healed from a pituitary tumor when I was in my early 20s that was impinging on my brain. And my fin- friends and family prayed for me. And I prayed and I know the healing hand of the Lord was on me then. And there's so many other times that he brought me out of confusion and out of out of uh, just despair and meaninglessness and and not knowing the answers to anything, and he brought me out of that, and that's a terrible place to be in. And so I, you can testify to that too as well, Sean. I'm sure, and everyone here at KPRZ could could testify to that. And we we continue to on the radio and in our lives everywhere, and we just want to say that today out and r- loud and clear, and we testify of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, so today, Sean, just tell us about yourself a little bit. How did you come to faith, just very briefly? Um, and, and how did you get involved with Freedom Revival, the, the two kinds yeah. of things that kind of tie together probably? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, first, thank you. Thank you so much for bringing me on. What a honor and pleasure to come around the gospel on a, on a show like this and have prayer. It's just it's so powerful. It's it's lacking in our society, and I'm grateful that the church is beginning to be more bold and courageous about our faith because that's the only solution that we have in combating the darkness is being uh, being a light. Um, so your, your question of uh, how did how did I get uh, saved? Well, I was I was 19. I was living up in northern LA County, and I was pretty lost in the sense of I was doing drugs and having a lot of sex with random women, trying to seek after um, what what the world told me would satisfy me. You know, you get a pretty enough girl, or you get um, you make enough money, or you have an experience that will um, overshadow somebody else's experience, then you've succeeded. Well, I was 19 at the time, and I was living pretty hard. And I had a buddy from 
my high school that I attended in Texas called me up and said, hey, man, I just got saved. And I was so excited for him because I truly, I sincerely loved my friend. And so I was elated that he was getting a new experience. And he said, no, man, you don't understand. I'm calling you because you need to experience just this too. Like I am so satisfied. And just the, uh, the enthusiasm that he had about the gospel and the Holy Spirit and what he encountered with Jesus, I was like, I'm in. Like, show me who God is. I want to know. So I ended up flying back to Texas, and he introduced me to a pastor, and he led me to Christ. And I was 19 trying to figure it out. All right, like, what does it mean now not to do drugs? How do I not have sex with women anymore? What do I do differently? And it was, a, you know, it was, a, it was an amazing journey that the Lord led me on to a place of humility and edification, and um, I think in reverence for how he can find a sinner and say, are you willing? And if you just say yes, he, he'll use anybody. Amen. And and I was in my 40s when I was able to connect with the Lord finally. I mean, I, I went through a long desert experience of looking for the right answers and not finding them. But anyway, so how did you find the uh, ta- task of, you know, raising up these freedom revivals that you've been in. And if anyone yeah. doesn't know, we had one at earlier in the year. There was a big uh-huh. uh, gathering of people. Sean was one of the main organizers of the freedom revival that happened in uh-huh. January of 2022. And then again in October. And it was yeah. just, I'll tell my experience of it. We had a booth there, Brian and I, with the uh, biblical citizen we got to pass out literature we got to talk to people we got to network we had a, just a good time with the music there and the speakers and being out in the sunshine and and it was a joyful thing where we felt free and we felt like there was revival because we were other with other believers with other freedom lovers and so tell us how you started to do that all right well well, well for, before that I just yeah. want to mention that um, I met you at the Board of Supervisors when yeah. we were all speaking out. There were hundreds of people there mm-hmm. because we were protesting their attempt to censor the correct, correct medical information and label everything that they disagreed with as misinformation when they're the ones telling That's the right. wrong, uh, you know, t- telling the people that the vaccine is absolutely safe and effective and don't listen to anybody else don't listen to any warnings don't listen to the side effects don't listen to the 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 things that go along with every drug and so uh, and 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 how what what right do they have to shut down the speech of the people who have every right to debate what's going on with with you know these public treatments so i met you and you gave a fantastic speech and that must have been one of the reasons that you organized these events, right? Or was it? That's a great that's a great lead up because it was seeing the hunger that we had in San Diego County, where I spoke out for the first time with Audra Morgan and a couple others in July of twenty twenty one. Uh, Melissa O'Connor, a good friend of mine, was there. And, and that evening when she spoke, Tucker Carlson brought her onto the show. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. One of our friends is on Tucker. This is great for the movement. Like, this is going to set us all like we're all going to challenge the board next week. And they're going to let let the local state of emergency go. 
Come to find out, none of that actually happened. But what it did produce is a, a, a massive amount of people showing up and speaking. And it was obvious to any onlooker that we were all hungry for direction. And we were all speaking like, somebody tell us what to do because we are ready to do something. And so yes. we started mobilizing 300, 400, 500 people. And as leaders in the community, we would get together and, and kind of problem solve and ask questions. All right, what do we know about this? Or let's meet with a representative. What is the representative doing? And what does he know about how to get out of the local state of emergency? And as we were meeting, I began to realize that we're all testifying about the necessity of of, of um, removing corrupt government officials and gr- uh, corrupt policy, but we're not talking about our faith. Many of the community mm. leaders were mm. Christians, but why weren't we talking about the fact that we're operating out of our faith in Jesus, and that's compelling us to stand against evil? And that's where the idea of Freedom Revival came from, saying, I'm tired of hiding my faith. We're going to be Christians and the way that Christians have been throughout history, we're going to operate as Christians, and we're going to gather as many people as we can to testify that it's because of Jesus that we're standing against tyranny. And, and that's what happened in January, and that's why we did worship. We led with worship, and then we brought in five pastors from Southern California, and we, we strategically chose those five that we brought in because they, one, represented each county in Southern California, so we had... Uh, Pastor Cheon in Pasadena, who sued uh, California, went to the Supreme Court, and it opened up all the churches around the nation when they said that they couldn't close the churches. Oh, yes. Rob McCoy in Ventura, who never closed. He he was one of the first churches that when Ventura County said that they had to close, he said no, that Ventura County was going to fine each church member that attended on a Sunday, and the local churches showed up to his doors on that Sunday morning before his own congregation to say, we'll take the fine. And so he was standing up, and the community of churches came and supported his congregation. And so he was leading from the front, and it was amazing to see those that that came around him. And then John Randall in Orange County, and Jurgen Matisius here in San Diego, Tim Thompson, who's the first pastor to get arrested in Sacramento for opposing the the church lockdown like these are the people that we brought together and we were attempting to show the church this is what it looks like to be courageous where there has been a false gospel preached that the church isn't supposed to engage in civics the church is only supposed to preach but that's not true because there's there's a point when government starts to uh, it starts to move against righteousness, and that's where the church has to speak. They're compelled to speak. So there are laws being passed that are killing infants. You are supposed to speak as the church and stop that from happening. There are laws being passed that are allowing children to get mutilated. It's your job as the church to stop that. And and I believe the church now is beginning to rise up and say, you know what, we have a voice in civics. We need to go and speak to government officials and remove government officials that are evil and corrupt because that's the only way that a republic can stand. Excellent. And that is really true. There are other pastors, too, that we that we have interviewed, Jack, Jack Hibbs and uh, Pastor uh, John MacArthur up in L.A. Yeah. And, you, and bring, there's something that happens when you bring them together, and 
that's what I kept wanting to do when they, we had the lockdowns. Why can't we have a big conference of all the people that know that, that this is a this is evil that's happening, that there's lies being told. And, you know, let's just get all together. And that's what you provided. And yeah. it was very invigorating and very inspiring. And, you know, you're not alone. You, you can network with others. And you did a great job. So um, what about... Did, did did you meet your goals in doing that in what you set out to do and and what yeah, what absolutely. what has been the consequences I mean well yeah. I okay so I meeting the goal was pretty easy because we prayed as a team and there were there it wasn't just me obviously doing it there were fifteen of us you know Britt Mayer Melissa O'Connor Kristen Francie Miguel Rodriguez. Like there have been uh, countless people that have been helping with the freedom revival. I just happen to be the, the crazy idea to do it. Maybe they're crazier because they ended up following me. But uh, our goal was really just to empower the church to get in, get engaged in civics again because we we started reading history. You know the the, the documents and the papers that showed that America is Christian, where every state in the United States, all thirteen colonies that founded America. They all had a specified church denomination, like um, Maryland was Catholic. Uh, I think Georgia was Protestant. They they all had a specific religion that they ascribed to each state, mm-hmm. which shows that America was strongly Christian. This is a Christian nation, and I'm remind I'm I'm encouraged because our goal is to remind pastors that it's our job to be the light in the darkness. If, if your community's dark, it's because you haven't been the light in your community. It's our job. And, and I believe that we hit that goal with encouraging those pastors that spoke and then they, the pastors that came, we had con- conversations. And then this past October, we had um, like a pastor's round table where there are pastors from the community that came before the event and had a conversation with Rick Green, who does uh, the, what's it called? The, constitutional live classes and mm-hmm. he also does uh, patriot academy he was there speaking to pastors helping them get educated because the problem we're running into right now is education mm-hmm. a lot of pastors are afraid to speak about civics because they think they're going to lose their nonprofit status which that is just a lie because the church has been protected by the constitution since the beginning but many pastors have believed in this false gospel of the separation of church and state which is a lie that was introduced in the 60s to try to silence the church and its work. And now we, as those who follow Christ and love the liberty that this republic has produced, must get educated and stand against it. And I, I believe we met that goal. That was our goal. And, and we want to continue doing it. I commend you for that. And that's what we try to do on this show is rouse up people, rise up Christians, rise up pastors, because evil is happening and we we stand against it. We put the wheel in the spoke of the evil that's happening, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer said. Speaking of that, uh, when we were at, at the Freedom Revival, one of the things that we wanted to help educate people with was the book by uh, Eric Metaxas, Letter to the American Church. So we had it for sale there. And we just bought a bunch of copies and told people about it. We sold some copies. And I've been giving it away to pastors. I gave it to my own pastor who gave it to other pastors. I took it over to our, the pastor in our town, the, one of the biggest ones, Emmanuel Faith, 
in Escondido. Mm -hmm. I gave it to Mm -hmm. that pastor. And, um, you know, I I just want to tell a little God story to do with that. I went on a Saturday to deliver it as a Christmas present to the pastor of Emmanuel Faith. And it was locked. You know, the door was closed. It wasn't open in the office. So the, the janitor was nice enough to let me in. And I came out from doing that, and there's somebody, there's a white truck there that was asking directions of somebody. Somebody was trying to give the, this couple in the white truck directions to a, to a memorial service. And I said, can I help? Because he seemed to be struggling. I know this neighborhood. And they said, we're looking for Christ Community Reformed Church. And I said, well, that's not this one. You're at the wrong one. (laughs) I will lead you over to where the memorial service is, because that's my church. And and so um, then we 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 traveled over to the Christ Community Church where the service was. And we both got out of the car and said, well, that was from God. I just happened to be there giving that book to the pastor where they were where, where they were lost. Um, but there's things like that happen all the time, don't they? Um, and th- yes, you know, Bonhoeffer said he tried to rouse his yeah. pastors in Nazi Germany. Eric Metaxas did his biography. We got to stand up and not let what happened there happen here. So one last little topic before we you know run out of time, and that is yeah. the ex- the high number of deaths happening in the country. And in our county, uh, we went down to get the numbers, and yes, the excess deaths have not gone down. They went up in 2020, and then they went up again in 2021, and now they should have gone down, right? Now they, they, they're up by like 15%, uh, like 31% from pre-COVID levels. I mean, it's just astounding. And so... We're asking people to go down to the Board of Supervisors. Maybe we can mobilize some of the people from Re- Freedom Revival. But this is, an, this is going to be an ongoing thing. We need an investigation. We need to hold people accountable. We need to find out what exactly is causing this increase in deaths. And we can do it locally, right? I mean, we yeah. can hold our officials accountable right here. Maybe it's pretty hard with the CDC, you know, but we, we need to do that too. But that and... And like uh, Bonhoeffer said, you know, help the victims. And so we, we just are wanting to ask the Lord to help us how to do that, to know how. And we're going to hang together as Christians, right, Sean? And what else? Do you have any comment about that? Yeah, you know, one of the, I mean, there's so much I could, I could say. I want, maybe I should touch on this first. You mentioned the letter to the American Church by Eric Metaxas. I highly recommend that book. He mentioned the spiral of silence that the German church ran into, where the pastors that saw evil that didn't speak immediately, they ended up spiraling into a position where they never spoke. Because once that negative momentum of their silence starts to catapult, that momentum just ends up throwing them out of the service, where they feel so compelled to stay silent. And that silence can be broken by simply speaking, doing something uncomfortable and speaking. That football player that just what looks like died on the field because his heart stopped on the field. We have to speak about what we see. 
that is not normal. That right. is, that is, there is something happening. Speak about it. It's our job to call out what we see because the evils of the world will manipulate, which we saw immediately after that. They, they created a false narrative saying that it could not be related to uh, any injuries from this, this mandated vaccine. But we know that this is not normal and we need pastors and courageous men and women to speak against it. And then your, your topic about the Board of Supervisors, if you remember, Nathan Fletcher, he was speaking about ivermectin, calling it a horse dewormer, which it is because it's an anti-parasitic. Now, if he would have been someone that was speaking the best in the community, he would have said this anti-parasitic, which has been praised around the medical community for helping people with uh, viral bacterial issues, please take this because it's cheap and free. Instead, he's still parroting bad science or you can't even call it science anymore. It's just propaganda against ivermectin, which has been a wonder drug in preventing severe um, long COVID and COVID symptoms. And so I think now is the time to speak and hold these government officials accountable for the words that they spoke and make sure that like what you said, uh, that we continue to challenge the narrative. Absolutely. And the Board of Supervisors meeting is every Tuesday, every other Tuesday. I mean, you can look on the calendar. Go to the Board of Supervisors website. It's held this coming Tuesday, January 10th, and then also the next Tuesday in January. But it, it's on a regular basis. We need to just keep on speaking out. Go down there, speak on the radio, speak uh, you know, call in talk shows. I don't letters to the editor on Twitter, on Facebook. I don't care where you speak. Speak to your neighbors one on one. There's all kinds of ways to help others through telling the truth, holding people accountable, praying, and giving out information and helping victims. To bless your neighbor, I hope you can do all these things. Thank you for being with us today, Sean. Thank you for being with us today. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the Biblical Citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.